0: listening to sci-fi tv rewatch episode 491 my name is dave and i'm joined as always by my co-host wayne as we begin our journey with the netflix series 1899 and dude there's no question i think we picked the winner here
1: well there might be some question
0: really oh (laughs) wow okay
1: (laughs) but uh yeah i i I think you're going to make me uncork that right away but yeah there Uh, you go
0: Okay, well, you don't have to give your reasoning yet, but okay. Uh, okay, I mean, so you're you're kind of in Fred's camp, and you know we we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. I don't wanna you know, jump ahead of ourselves here. So, um, yeah, you know, and, and uh, I was just saying to Mary before I came up that you know for for once, Wayne and I are are entering this discussion tonight, pure. We've both each only seen the first episode. Is that, that is, still true? That's still true. Yes. Okay, and and it is for me as well. And
1: well, unfortunately, like I didn't have a strong urge to watch episode two at the end of episode one. So, oh
0: wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. You know, and and we can talk about it as we go along if it's it's something that you're not you're not feeling as we no, no, move no, no. forward. It, yeah,
1: no, I I trust that they're going to come through. It's just like I'm not necessarily feeling. The first one, but I, I, oh. I I'm, I'm sure that, that I'll just I'll just stop, dude. I, I'm not going to dump on it like and everything, but yeah, we'll we'll let it come out organically. All right,
0: <laughs> all right. Well, you want to take the first uh, section on what sure, we're watching? Sure,
1: absolutely. I have two things that I'm watching that I've wanted to talk about for a couple weeks now. We've had so much other stuff we've been covering in the beginning. Uh, the first one is, Fred will be happy to hear, that I am absolutely loving Star Trek Discovery. Maybe we should have broadcasted on that one. I don't know. It is, but it is, it's really good. Um, kind of, I wouldn't say, it's it's like kind of like a darkish version of Star Trek. I don't know if that's like the popular opinion on it. But, you know, like, you know, like people, like main characters die. You know, a lot of times they kind of come back. But they die first, anyway, <laughs> you know. Um, so it's it's just a, a really cool show. I, I think uh, some, maybe Fred had told me how, when I was watching um, Strange New Worlds, how the, the crew of the Enterprise uh, is in uh, Star Trek Discovery for a while. And that's what I'm at right now in season two, where Captain Pike and Spock and everything are on the Discovery with them. But, uh, you know, I mean... I'm a big fan of the uh, Star Trek universe, uh, without a doubt, and uh, I'm really, really enjoying Discovery. And it's kind of neat. Uh, it's you know, it's good because the, the, most of the episodes are pretty much self-contained. Um, they always have like an overarching kind of you know th- thing for the, the season, but you can still sit down and watch one episode, and, and you're good and everything. In a similar but different vein uh also i'm have i talked about avenue five yet the new season of avenue five yet?
0: I, you haven't told me about it. i have seen it pop up on my feed
1: yeah I, you know again another space show but very different it's like if star trek just got completely turned upside down and was hilarious um because it is hilarious it is super super funny uh, in a just wrong way because, like, most of the people are just not great people, but but they are very funny and the situation are funny. And you know, I think it's season three of the show, is it maybe season two? Actually, I think it's season two, but uh, you know, you think sometimes you know, uh, sitcoms like that they kind of run their course or they have you know, like, they're a novelty at first and but then they start to degrade. But uh, man, this is just I'm still like laughing out loud watching that show. So, yep. So, there's my cool. two. All
0: right, you know, I've mentioned the White Lotus on HBO Max before, and and we just finished season two. Great show. I'll just leave it at that. I tried His Dark Materials season two, and I, it's just not doing it for me. So, wow. I'll, you know, I'll put it on the back burner. But, dude, here, here's you know my, you know my confessional. I guess. Okay. Now. I know what TikTok is. I mean, I don't do TikTok, but I assume and I don't know if you'll know what I'm talking about, you know, on Facebook, when you scroll down Facebook and suddenly there in the middle of the page will be these shorts or reels, I think they call them. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Mm-hmm. Okay, but I I get the impression that those are actually TikTok videos that somehow end up on Facebook, and maybe I'm wrong, but the idea I'm like hooked on those things and, <laughs> uh, and you know, some of my favorites are the loyalty tests. I don't know if you've ever seen any of those. I, yeah. I have not. Oh, you know, it's like, you know, got a young guy and he always picks attractive young women, usually on college campuses. And it's like, Oh, are you two friends? Oh yeah. Are you single? Well, I'm single. I have a boyfriend. All right. Why don't you call up her boyfriend and see if he wants, you know, to, to get together. And of course, you know, the boyfriend always you know, fails the loyalty test. And, and uh, you know, and, and here's one. And, and my wife failed a cultural literacy test the other night. Uh-oh. and We'll see if you fail it as okay, well. All you, right. you know, you have, you have teenagers, so you might know what this is, although it's probably one of those things where you want to cover your your ears and go, nah, 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 you know, but, uh, you know, I said, so, uh, you know, Mary, you want to Netflix and chill? And she said, yeah, sure. So I turned the TV off and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, you said you want to Netflix and chill. So, so you don't know what that means (laughs) or you do know what it means.
1: I do not know. I'm trying. Uh I was hoping you keep talking in time Uh for me to look it up.
0: Okay. Well you can, you can look it up. So, really? uh, How does that yeah, <laughs> so anyway, a, hopefully everybody's out there looking it up that, that, uh, you know, our, our audience that apparently is over the age of 25 or so, uh, <laughs> but that's what they always do. It's like, you know, call up her boyfriend and, you know, Hey, you w- you want to get together and Netflix and chill.
1: Well, apparently you need to have Netflix on the background.
0: Yeah, right, I so guess. That's, well, that's well, where okay. you
1: made the uh, mistake there. <laughs>
0: all right well anyway but uh, so they, okay they,
1: so that's good to know because if i do hear any of my children say i'll be like hell you are
0: yeah right all right so the one this it, it one of the best jokes i've heard in quite a while all right so the, the one and obviously a lot of these tiktok videos are staged so it's it's a father and his son who looks like he's about middle school age and it's always like you know um dad uh you're probably going to get a call from school well, what'd you do this time Tommy? He goes, well, I was going through the cafeteria line, and, you know, I came up to a big bowl of apples, and there was a little note attached to it that said, take one, God is watching. So I took an apple, I moved down the aisle, and, you know, there was a big bowl of cookies. So I thought, all right, I'll make my own note. Take all you want, God's watching the apples. Yeah. <laughs>
1: nice
0: <laughs> yeah they're all like that yeah, yeah. so uh anyway that that's my uh, okay. <laughs> confessional for uh this night and that's probably a good time to get into 1899 which uh you know hopefully i'll have to convince you that maybe i thought the pilot was better than you did but yeah anyway created by yante freesia and baron Bo odar who we obviously know from dark this is episode one titled the ship written by yante freesia directed by baron Bo odar the entire season was released on november 17th 2022 you know i I just uh start with the title sequence music which Mm kind of sets the tone and 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 again that might be generational for you know what kind of an impact the title credits music has as well as the Music at the end, which is of course the original, the original with right. the Jefferson Airplane. Yep. Yep. Um, this was the 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 first one was performed by the guy that does the music for the show. So okay, and I it was, was a, wondering
1: that, but I wasn't wondering enough to actually look it up. But I was wondering who did.
0: Who okay, sang. but it was a cool version. I really it enjoyed cool. it. Mm-hmm. But uh, obviously, there's that Alice in Wonderland illusion, and and you know, as we as we get f- further into the episode, you know. I, I don't want to say it makes sense because that's almost like Alice in Wonderland makes sense. which right. Well, you know. it's,
1: it's, it's fitting because, well, it, it I assume it's fitting. Like we've, we, it's like foreshadowing, I guess you could say, because, um, you know, the, the big theme from Alice in Wonderland that white rabbits, uh, harps on is the idea of reality being turned upside down and you're in a, uh, a strange world of fantasy where nothing makes sense. Right? right, exactly, and, uh, right. and of course, you know the Jefferson Airplane song was meant to you know allude that to, or not allude that, uh, con- compare that to an acid trip, but it's still like the same thing. It's just you know the the world kind of out of sorts and and strange and weird, and nothing is as it seems, or nothing is as it should be, and so we've seen a lot of weird stuff. Well, kind of, we seen, I should say, we've seen some weird stuff. Um, but there's, you know, we certainly see through as like flashbacks and things that, you know, we're not certain, like right from the jump, whether this is an actual experience or is she, you know, is this some kind of illusion or is she, is this all in her head that's happening or because, you know, we, we see her in the, the, you know, with looking like she's in like a sanitarium. And then she's on the ship as well. And so it seems like there's two different worlds that are kind of at odds here.
0: Okay. Well, I guess I looked at that as a dream or a nightmare that, that she wakes from and, and finds herself on the ship because of, you know, other details. But the opening scene, we get that voiceover, which is an Emily Dickinson poem that, that I used to teach back in the day, the brain is wider than the sky. And I, I love Dickinson and I love teaching Dickinson because they're short, they're compact, and you can teach everything you want to teach about analyzing poetry and not lose their attention by the end of the period. Right. As opposed to, you know, some of these epic poems that uh, some foolish teachers attempt with high school kids. But uh, right. Well,
1: but- like Emily Dickinson is also great because her poems are so dense with meaning. And they they lend themselves to multiple interpretations. They're not not easy. They're not easily accessible, you know. Um, But they're absolutely freaking amazing. She's probably my favorite poet of all time. I absolutely love Emily Dickinson. And uh, I was just tickled pink when they started off this uh, episode with one of her poems.
0: Yeah, and it's apropos i mean without going into the weeds on this poem because as you said they're so dense and we could spend an hour talking about you know the 12 lines but you know it it looks at the human mind and the infinite capacity it has to imagine the the unimaginable or you know the, the whole the doors of perception to you know throw out a huxley uh, line, as well as to absorb, you know, things that are going around. And, and you know, the comparison of the, the brain to the sky, which we see as infinite, and, and the, the brain to the sea. And, you know, the whole idea that, that the, the sea, we, we, we know such, you know, so little about the sea compared to what we know about The land and the deserts and the mountains and whatever. And also, uh, how
1: little, especially in the time of Emily Dickinson, how little do we know about the brain? Well,
0: right, exactly. Right.
1: Emily Dickinson apparently thought it was blue.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? One of the things that is, is, you know, impossible to miss are the marks on her wrists. Right. So that, you know, that, that scene that you're describing at the very beginning where the you know whether it's a nightmare which is you know what i contend it's a nightmare and she wakes on the ship clearly she's been restrained at some point Mm -hmm. and it does appear as if her father is the one that had her restrained we don't know why um she seems relatively lucid we get that one scene where she's repeating things to herself like her name and the date almost as if she she has to continue to repeat those things to herself to you know keep that connection with reality or and again you could be a, you know what's i think is reality might turn out to be something completely different
1: well i mean uh, you know again the uh yante freesia and baron odar are not averse to throwing in a kind of a a red herring there and to get us, you know, with the song and with the opening that uh, for us to think about this, you know, world and this alternate universe or um, this imaginary universe or someone, you know, flipping out and everything. um, And then just completely say, nah, it's not in there at
0: all. (laughs) Right. And, And I mean, she's clearly got a connection with the Prometheus her brother's involvement her her father's uh, apparently nefarious involvement we don't really know you know what what it is and then you know there are certain objects that clearly are important and the envelope or envelopes Mm -hmm. certainly are are, are things that we have to look at hers is labeled henry which assume is her brother and you know, inside a note in which he indicates he knows what their father did, meet him in New York, and I love the little X Files reference. Trust no one, they were ahead of their time there. Uh but then we see Captain Ike has you know a similar envelope with the same thing written on the back. Yes. And, and the same he, grammatical
1: he, mistake.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um but but her statement to herself at the end of this opening scene. I am not crazy. And then of course, and we get a lot of visuals of the steamship that they're on just in the middle of the ocean, you know, and, and and the sense of isolation Mm -hmm. that, that, that they probably shouldn't be as comfortable as they are on this ship. Right. And, and, you know, one of the things that I like, and I think Fred mentions this in his feedback, the, the fact that, Everybody's speaking a different language and the inability to communicate with each other really well, I, I think kind of, you know, lends a, a certain notion that things are not quite on point, not, you know, they're, they're, they're almost off kilter and, and the slightest, you know, ripple could throw everything into chaos.
1: Well, I, I think the only people... Because, you know, they obviously English is the lingua franca. Um, I think the only people that don't speak any English at all are the people below decks.
0: Well, you don't get the idea that uh, the brother and his priest. Uh, yeah. his, uh, the brothers they the brother spoke don't sp- English. Uh, yeah, but he knew a couple of words, he, I thought. He, he was did like, he?
1: At the, yeah, he was like, why did we turn the ship around? Yeah, he was okay. he would definitely speaking English. He just said that no one else can understand the Spanish at the beginning.
0: Yeah, what an asshole. Yeah,
1: he kinda he does he, not start off very good with us. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um now the ship's title or, or the ship's name, the Kerberos, I guess is how they pronounce it, but it's an alternate spelling for Cerberus, the hound of hell that uh mm-hmm. you know, or guards the gates of hell. Um and, you know, this German crew, although I guess it's a mixed crew because there there's certainly uh, English speaking, you know, crew members down in the boiler room, right, for sure. Right. Yeah. So uh, we, we
1: get a sense of the, the crew themselves being German. But, yeah, there's there's uh, there's English guys down there. There's a Polish guy down there. So, yeah.
0: And, and you know, getting back to the envelope for a second, I mean, one, certainly one of the questions is, well, how is it that he has the same essentially the same envelope? she has yeah and his his is much more worn and dude we we can't help but go back to dark and you know the yep. envelope right. right right so I'm
1: trying not to like make too many comparisons but I mean there's definitely um you know it's it's impossible to really not draw any parallels at all because you know I mean obviously because the it's the same creative team but there's you know we see some definitely the 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 you know as fred talks about the 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 dark just the dark atmosphere of it everyone in dark clothes um and you know the the this idea of a at the end of episode 1 this mystery and we have no effing clue what's happening at all um so all those are, i think are elements that definitely might be at that we might consider trademarks of yeah, Yante Friese and Baron Bodo uh work together.
0: Yeah, uh certainly the music I- I- is right. certainly reminiscent of Dark. Um, the other thing is that most of the passengers that we've become acquainted with in this opening episode are running from something. Yes. And fear returning to their points of origin. So even though for the most part these are – People that are wealthy enough to afford tickets on this luxury liner, which, I mean, I think most of us have a pretty good idea of what it was like on the Titanic, whether through the the movie Titanic or any of a number of documentaries that have been made about it. So, I mean, it is just so luxurious on here. So I don't know what a ticket cost, but, you know.
1: enough that not many people could do it right
0: right exactly so uh, what is it that they're so afraid of going back to uh, you know in fact one of the only characters that doesn't seem to be afraid is the the wife of the french guy uh I yeah. to get what i don't know if we learn her name we i didn't, didn't
1: learn her name at all i don't think you're his right his name lucien but right
0: and i was afraid to go to imdb because i've made that mistake before, yeah, so um right, we don't learn her name but but clearly she's not afraid, you know i don't know what his deal is, but uh I don't know what do you want to talk about first, or you know you, you want to talk about any of the the characters that we've been introduced um, to
1: do we yeah, do we want to kind of look at maybe you know our character groupings to to start off with yeah. maybe let's start off with uh, the French – couple. well, I guess we should start with Mara. I mean, the, the whole episode starts with her, right? Okay, and
0: I think it's fair to say she's the central character at this point. That Absolutely. The story revolves more or less around her. Okay.
1: Um, you know, so she's has studied medicine but is unable to practice. And, of course, there's that pretty good scene and with Mrs. Wilson who I maybe – I mean, we're going to tie her in with pretty much everyone, I guess – because uh, she seems to have her fingers in everyone's, you know, water bowls there. But uh, I don't even know if that's a saying. I might just yeah, 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 up, but, I like it, <laughs> but, but uh, I don't know what a mean. Yeah, I know. You know you. she points out that you know the we see the um, I guess the red-faced uh, doctor in the uh, dining area who is you know enjoying his meal wholeheartedly and who doesn't bat an eye when the the Danish guy comes in. Uh, asking for a doctor so there's you know this contrast right we see like you know miss wilson points out this kind of feminist line of you know they uh, like they show you the the world and then they tell you you can't have it part of probably we see like mara's maybe frustration as being a strong willed independent woman Uh, in a world that expects her and she she actually mentions a couple times uh, are you going to ask me why i'm not traveling with anyone a woman on her own like that is completely unheard of uh back then and she's you can see her frustration with that like why does everyone keep asking me i'm just traveling alone what's the big deal you know she certainly presents herself straight off as you know like i said a strong feminist character a strong-willed independent woman Uh, A woman who can stand up to the captain and, you know, first of all, when he asks her a question, say, that's none of your business. And then later, when he's assembling a crew to go to Prometheus to say, I want to be on that boat. You're taking me with you.
0: Well, the other thing in that conversation with Mrs. Wilson, and, and, you know, like you said, uh, we don't know what Mrs. Wilson's deal is, but she does seem to be this figure on the ship that, has a a certain amount of control over several of the passengers. And this is just the first episode, so we'll see if it continues and and she branches out. But Morris says to her, you know, certainly about the brain, that it holds the secrets to the universe. That's a pretty bold statement, particularly Mm -hmm. in a show like 1899. So I don't think it's a throwaway line, you know. I don't think there's any throwaway. Right, right. So is the brain the key to understanding what it is we we find ourselves in here? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously to a certain extent.
1: Right. Well, I mean, that's with the poem and everything like that. Like, you know, clearly um, we're going to be exploring like, you know, realms of psychology here.
0: Yeah, sure. You know but but we see Mar a lot and, and and you know in terms of objects that that necklace that she wears around her neck and she holds it at one point and then hides it we don't know what it means I kept waiting for her to open it so that we might see what's inside or to, or to flip it around and see if there was anything engraved on it but none of that happens you know, the, the the captain hides it or she hides it when the captain asks if she's okay. And then of course he's hiding his liquor bottle in, mm-hmm. in his pocket. So, you know, we'll get to the captain in a few minutes. So
1: he, everyone's got something to hide. Everybody's
0: right. And, and while he's clearly drinking on the job, he doesn't seem to have a drinking problem, you know, at, at least at this point. In fact, I love his whole attitude when he goes and speaks in front of the the passengers and tells them what they're doing and they start questioning him. He just turns around walks out yeah (laughs) like yeah i mean i love it um
1: yeah i'm the captain i just said we're going uh, different directions and we're going different directions
0: right now you you mentioned that that doctor i guess he's an english doctor who just is just so disgusting looking and when that young man um crester and he he was in a show called the rain did you ever see that
1: uh, I, I remember when it was out, and I remember you watched yeah, it. Yeah, it was. It was good. Recommended it, but no, I've never. Yeah,
0: he played one of the main characters, Rasmus, in, in that. Lucas Lindgard uh is the actor, uh, so I, I certainly recognized him from that. Oh, the uh, the back to the envelope though for a second with uh, Mara and, and of course the captain as well on the back. What is lost will be found. Right now, uh, on the surface it's talking about the ship but i think we've been down these roads enough times so that we know eh, it's going to be a lot more than just that don't know what but you know it's the the ship being lost uh, and and now that they've you know found it relatively easily i mean i i don't know what kind of navigation tools they have there i mean nowadays everything's just gps and and you know makes it all easy certainly there's something there but but the one thing and yeah we're jumping around here again and it's my fault at this point Um, that the fact that his envelopes more worn than hers you know one of the things about the prometheus that strikes me immediately i don't know how it can't strike anybody is that it's been missing for four months right this ship looks like it's been missing for 40 years
1: yes right
0: so uh, i i think it's almost impossible to not consider time travel at some level that this ship fell into a portal somewhere and and again we've all seen the trailers and we've seen you know the the vortex or whatever that goes down into the ocean and the triangle and all that so you know did this ship fall into a vortex and you know wherever it was it aged for you know four years or whatever and then it pops back yeah whatever i don't know but but clearly that's problematic at this point
1: well yeah well well, i mean there's a lot of problems right they were literally up to the moment they left they were getting a message uh from the prometheus when they get onto the ship not only is there no one around, but the um, the, the telegraph is destroyed.
0: Yeah, and, and it not recently destroyed either.
1: You know, and then there's you know, while this ship has been missing for four months, and you know, obviously, you would expect to be a a certain amount of, of, of death happening here. But it, you would expect then there for there to be bodies, right? Right, Either living or dead, either way, there would be some evidence that there were people on this thing. And except for the boy, uh, there's no evidence. There's no bodies lying
0: around. There's no living people. There's no dead people. There's there's just uh, beetles. Right. right. Now, to be fair, we don't see them explore the ship. And this is a huge ship. I mean, this is a ship the size of the Kerberos. So... You know, I, I think we have to consider that, but I, th- I think at this point we have to go with the idea that there's no one on board save the young boy who's locked, and clearly he didn't lock himself in there.
1: Right, definitely not.
0: And so he's been in there for four months. And well, that's doubtful. And his clothes are, you know, perfectly clean, pressed. He looks like he just stepped out of the shower and put on clean clothes and everything else around him is in terrible shape. So we don't know what's going on with that. You know, back to Mara for a second because that that doctor that Mrs. Wilson, you know, mentions like you you said he doesn't bat an eyelash when that young man comes in and needs help and and of course Mara does goes below deck and and uh you know it, I mean 1899 I don't want to say I was surprised at the superstition that the Danish mother seemed to have towards Mara you know you know checking on her uh, I guess that's her daughter that that's
1: yeah it seems right it is yeah because she the, the later we find out the little girl is her sister right
0: But yeah, I was a little surprised and fortunately she kept her distance. The husband, I guess his instincts told him, no, let this woman help here because clearly the, you know, the, uh, the opposite is probably going to lead to, to the young woman's death. Um, Well, you know,
1: a Dr. Quinn missed woman had not been filmed yet, so they didn't have a chance to watch that. Good point. Wrap their head around the idea of women, and, and probably just a, a as we see from Mora herself saying that she's allowed to study but not to practice medicine, that there really weren't women doctors around, yeah, and yeah. especially they seem to be not very affluent, obviously because they're where they are traveling on on the ship. Uh, so probably even less so in, in in an impoverished area.
0: Yeah, and and you know there there aren't a lot of poignant moments in this episode, but but certainly for me the, the after she you know helps this young woman and and the long the young girl who immediately forms a connection with her, and I, I think this is not the last we'll see of these two interacting with each other, but you know when the little girl just offers the the piece of cloth so she can dry her hands because that's all she has and then the brother crester comes down and and wants to give her the cross again because that's all they have and and just you know that likely they spent every bit of money they had to get passage on this ship to go to new york and and come to america and and start a new life
1: yeah i thought there was a moment there where uh mora was going to Take off her jersey and say, "Hey,
0: kid!" and just
1: throw her her jersey.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, but she does run out, and and I don't know what it is necessarily. I I don't think it's the kindness, but maybe it is. Maybe it, well, it was. No, I think the 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 cross gave her. She had a flash. Okay, when
1: um she saw the cross, then I think there was something that the girl. I'm trying to to find it in my notes. So this is when you start jumping around like this. I don't know where we are. Yeah, I know.
0: Uh,
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, Oh, uh, Mara, uh, the little girl asks Mara if she has any children. Oh, and she puts her, her, her hand like where, you know, on her stomach and asks if she had children. Of course, Mara doesn't understand the language, but she gets what she's saying. And so she has like some flash there. Um, that I couldn't see what that was, and then the brother offers her the cross when she's the cross. Now is it was, it was I was able to see like they were showing like the restraints on, I assume her wrists, and then uh, like a big nasty looking needle as well. Again, these images of of hospitalization that have been popping up ever since the beginning of the episode
0: right and what the hell the beetle means we've seen that on a number of occasions well,
1: They're obviously a uh, a very uh, uh, intricate method of breaking into a room right yeah
0: i guess right that uh yeah i'm not and we'll get to who, who the hell that dude is we'll, you know that that climbs out of the water i guess and i mean in fact did, yeah. did he swim from the prometheus we assume he did right. but you know right and and he's got the the beetle and of course we see the beetle on the prometheus you know that that runs in uh in that little cabinet i think right where the where the kid is is uh hiding or, or whatever where you just
1: right 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 yeah like the beetle goes under the yeah into the cabinet right right and then the kids there because I think we have shape shifting beetles. Yeah. Well, I don't. You, that, <laughs> can, that can are used to uh, for 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 heists and breaking the rooms and stuff. Like, see, now you're just making fun of the show. Not a little bit, They're, maybe, but no, not really. <laughs> but I mean, like, like am I, I'm am I, like I've, I've watched it twice, but I'm still not 100 percent sure of all the stuff that's going on. But at the end, the dude takes a beetle. Puts it down. and It crawls under the the door of room one o three one or whatever.
0: Now it's one o one o one three, and it's next to hers, which is one o one one.
1: Right, and then the the door opens.
0: Well, right? I I think he's opening it, isn't he? I think that the the, pers- the perspective it just changes. So
1: okay, that's what I, I wasn't sure about. I, I just in my notes put a question. You know, does the bug open the door and everything? So <laughs>
0: yeah. But back to the, the Prometheus, you know, the, the little kid comes out and of course everybody's stunned and as if everything they've seen up to this point in terms of the state of the Prometheus isn't enough to cause them you know, a certain ab- amount of consternation. As, as
1: we said, even way back, we talked about supernatural, little kids are creepy.
0: Yeah, well, they are. And then when he unwraps, you know, his little item and it's this, yeah. this pyramid and he hands it to her as if this is what your this is your gift for uh freeing me from my prison. And and obviously this you know there there's a lot more to this this pyramid that's got these engravings on each side, which which we don't know what the heck it means. But what even catches my attention before that, and maybe it's because of you know, the, the title logos that, that have been out there on the Internet for a while and, you know, the whole idea of the triangle is the woman's earrings. I don't know if you notice them or not. It's the uh, uh, Miss Wilson. No, Ms. Wilson? no. It's the it's the French couple and uh, the woman we we don't know what her name is right. and she's wearing these reddish triangle earrings that are oh, that that I, become I really obvious in a number of scenes and 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 again is it that the earrings are important as opposed to the character i think it's probably the character is going to be some uh, somewhat important and, and just I brought them up you know this newlywed French couple Lucien and whatever her name is and and clearly it's an arranged marriage that
1: right well he says it straight up, right. right and
0: neither of them apparently is too pleased about it you know a- after they try to have sex and I guess he can't get it up and and you know he blames her and and kind of storms out and she has a wry little smile on her face yeah
1: Right? Like, like, how, like, what? Oh, man, that was so weird. Well, again, good for her saying, uh, you're saying this is my fault? Yeah. You know? Right. Um, which is excellent. Obviously, they're both fully clothed. So, you know, that is does not encourage intimacy, you know? But, yeah, like, I didn't notice the first time, but the second time after he leaves, and she, like, I'm like, is she smiling? Like, whoa, you know? Because she just had a very unhappy sexual encounter with her husband you know you know but but she seems like if if at the end of that scene if you ask me which of these characters is in control and which is not i would say well yeah she's the one seemingly in control here you
0: know right but maybe that's precisely the kind of sexual encounter she wanted to have which is no sexual encounter so right, so we don't right. know but but he goes up on deck Uh, visibly upset his hands are shaking when his wife approaches and then of course he he walks away from her you know she puts her hand on his shoulder I think seemingly in a a tender gesture ironic uh, given what you know we just saw down in their cabin but there's something I would think medical or emotional Going on with him that
1: he, I'm calling it, he's a junkie, okay. Well, and uh, a seven day delay means he's going to run short of his supply, okay. Well, well,
0: seven day, why would you think seven day?
1: That's what they said. No, that's what they said. How long the the trip is going to be delayed, right?
0: No, or was that how long
1: the trip was supposed to be? Yeah, it's a seven day trip, that's how long the trip was supposed to be, right? And but whatever, the the delay. I, I, I this is. There, there's. I have little evidence except for the shaking of his head. Well, actually, he pulls some bottle, like a little tiny, like something, out of his pocket, and she comes out. And he quickly puts it back. Okay. So I think there is a drug issue, a drug addiction issue with, with our man Lucien.
0: Okay. And
1: uh, and that's also why he can't
0: do it okay now you know and i mean this seriously and i know you'll you'll get the reference if this was babylon berlin 1919 1920 and and we we see uh i can't remember his name garen i think his name was garen now now his condition was as a result of serving in world war one Right, you know, we don't get the idea that this guy has seen battle or anything like that. Any any sort of traumatic event? No,
1: this is the La Bella Park, man. It's yeah. been like thirty years since there's been any real kind of serious war in Europe, right? right. So, and he's too young to have you know served in anything or
0: anywhere. Right. Exactly. So I uh, I think keep an eye on her from my perspective because of the earrings.
1: You know, father. I think keep an eye on her because she's. Gorgeous. well yeah
0: that too now father Ramiro and his brother uh I don't know, angel on hell I don't know how I don't know if anybody actually pronounces they, well, it I guess they, his brother does
1: yeah i I, I think he says on hell
0: right on and, and I get the idea they're Spanish or Portuguese I guess is possible as well
1: oh I did what um the second time I watched it. I watched it with English closed caption subtitles and it tells you what language they're speaking, and they're speaking
0: Spanish. Okay. Is it just me, or should we have our doubts that he's actually a priest? Or, uh, or do you think, I think he is? We
1: are almost 100% confirmed that he's not a
0: priest. Okay. <laughs> because when they want him to go with the uh, search party. Because, and, and okay, that was a good idea on the one, you know, the, the one crew member suggests we don't know what we're going to find. A, a priest might provide comfort, um, you know. But,
1: but Angel says something like, I can't remember. I, I thought I wrote down a line, but I didn't. But, you know, he says something to him about how you're supposed to be a priest, a priest or something. Which again, like, okay, that doesn't 100% say that he's not. Right. You know, but I'm, like, I think you're right. though. I think
0: he's- yeah, I mean, if he's a real priest, wouldn't you want to go? And and help people, but yeah. apparently not. But but talking about pretending, we've we've got the two women who I assume are Chinese.
1: They are. well, well again, when the uh, the with the closed captioning, it said they're speaking Cantonese,
0: right? And they're pretending to be Japanese. Yes. And Mrs. Wilson, of course, knows what's going on, and you know, I mean we don't know the whole story, but she confronts them about the fact that they were talking to each other at dinner and, and we saw that conversation. If you want to call it a conversation, it was like, well, okay, that's kind of harsh. I don't think they spoke 10 words total, but whatever. Um, So we don't know what her control over them is. Apparently the younger one who's wearing all the makeup would not quote, accept her fate. Now, Right. Given what we see with the French couple in this, they're newlyweds already, they're unhappy. So was this uh, uh, a marriage that this young Japanese woman wouldn't, a uh, uh, young Chinese That's woman Chinese. wouldn't accept or is that what they're running from? I don't know. Uh, Maybe. I have
1: absolutely no idea. But the, the, the one thing we see is that when we first see them at in the dining room, the, the younger woman is the one like scolding, who we at the time take to be like maybe her servant or something yeah, like
0: that. Yeah, and
1: then when they're in the room alone, it's clear that the older woman is the one in charge, right? And she berates her, and she the younger one's like, "I don't like when it's up. She's just like, "Oh, this is your fault, you know." And so we see like the the public face. Well, we, obviously, we know that the the public face that they put on is uh, completely different than what is privately actually
0: going on, right? Olak. The Polish boiler room worker is certainly one of the characters that we're introduced to and, and meant to pay attention to at this point. How does such a big ship disappear? Well, you know, it it, it actually doesn't. One thing, and I don't know that this really, it, I know it doesn't mean anything, but it just struck me. When apparently the coal dispenser gets stuck and right. the guy said, get up there. And, and you're thinking like, oh, you make the Polish guy do it. Yeah, well, he even calls him Polish. Right. But then you think like, well, okay, first of all, this gives him a chance to get away from all of the heat and the soot. Right. I would think this is actually not a bad thing because it didn't look dangerous what he had to do. Climb up a ladder a little bit and pull a lever. So right. um, it seemed like a decent, decent job to me, but... Anyway, not not important for sure. But, you know, we see him with that postcard on, I, th- I think, at least two occasions where it, it, it's just a Statue of Liberty. And we, we all mm-hmm. know the symbolic nature of that. So sure. so in his case, while he is, like the others, afraid of turning back and, and having to, I guess, return from wherever he came, it, it's clear for him this is a chance to start a new not unlike the 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 danes that that we've been introduced to so you know we don't get much more from him except that scene where he's eating alone when jerome approaches and asks for food jerome okay there's a scene is jerome the same guy that we see walking barefoot and then he I don't know if he breaks into a cabin or he, somewhere he grabs some clothes and I guess some shoes and then puts them on. I think that's supposed to be the same individual.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So my question is when Oleg climbs up into the coal and he hears like something up in the coal bin. In the, i don't know well it's just because well, doesn't he, does he not come out of the
0: cold bin later well we're not sure i mean the thing
1: i don't know i missed a lot of stuff like or with with jerome like i like i don't know like i think my brain just kind of froze up for some of the early stuff with him in it. and then later i'm like oh wait this is a pretty significant character i should have well i mean i head think head we get
0: the idea there. that he could be a stowaway of some, yeah. of some sort, but, but then the they call them a crew member. Well, but but later, but the crew is so big. I forget who says it, whether it's the captain or, or the first mate or whatever. Oh, you're new, or you're you know almost like okay, I don't recognize right. you, but
1: Dave. You'll have like a lot of people of color on this ship. Well, that's like true. Anywhere. Well, like he's the only one we've seen in the whole, in the entire show. All right, so good
0: point. Good point.
1: You know, like I. I I feel like he would stand. Out. All
0: right, so then the may, there's a good chance he's not a stowaway. Then is what
1: I, I, just, I didn't know because at first I assumed that he was, especially since like you know he he's so hungry, right? But then like they they just assume. Well, but again, like you said, maybe they do. Maybe they just are assuming that he's a member of the crew because they they certainly refer to him as a as a member of the crew. And and later it was it Franz uh, when uh, the the captain takes. Jerome and Oleg with them, and you know Franz is like, "Hey, wait! You know I've been here on this crew way longer than this guy has." Um, So you know, again, for for Franz, it, it, he clearly thinks or that sees Jerome as a member of the crew. So I honestly am kind of confused as to what the deal is with with
2: him. Okay,
1: but he's a great character. Like the like the two characters at the end of this who seem to be like I mean we know everyone has something to hide, and everyone but. Like, the two guys who seem to be kind of the most stand-up guys, I would have to say Olek and Jerome.
0: Okay. All right. I I, I like
1: I, those guys. I like the cut of their jib.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, Mara aside, I mean, she's a great well, character. Yeah, a- and the captain. Um, eh. Oh, come on. I love the captain already. Eh, he's all right. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I like the fact that in 1899 – He's willing to, you know, you mentioned earlier in the discussion about how she stands up to him. I like the fact that he allows her to do that. Right. And that, you know, at the end when they go to board Prometheus and she says, you're taking me with you. Well, I I think he easily could say. No, the hell, I am right, but <laughs> right, but he's I think smart enough to know she's a doctor. She carries herself well. I'm. Uh, you come on. Let, let's. You, there, there's. He, he recognizes something in her. So. So I like that certainly about him, and like I said, I love the fact that he just gave his little talk to the passengers. They're all upset. Which you know, boy, talk about a privileged group, uh, or, right. or rather, overprivileged group. Yeah, yeah. And he just like yeah, turns around and walk walks yeah. away. So, He's so I like the that. And- um, and, and then Tove, who was the pregnant woman, talking to the young girl that you know we saw. I guess it's her younger sister. Yeah. And, and the younger sister, remember that story used to tell me about the ghost ship whose passengers had all sinned by killing a whale. So we don't get the idea that yeah, obviously this is symbolic, a metaphor for something. We don't, you know, know uh, in terms of maritime novels, Moby Dick and Ahab's white whale, and we've got yeah, White Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner too, White Rabbit. But uh, no, that's we're not going to go there.
1: Well, no, well they don't. Yeah, well, Moby Dick, they don't kill the whale, right? No, right, sure. It's, but yeah, I mean the the stories of maritime misadventure brought on as a reflection of, of, of uh, a transgression of some sort or another there's there's loads of those stories
0: right right now the last thing that i wanted to bring up you know we we mentioned the guy that climbs out of the ocean and boards kerberos uh you know has he swum from prometheus i think that's certainly something we have to consider I don't know where the hell else he was. Well, from, okay, right. right. And, and <laughs> then given the proximity or the narrative proximity to the young boy that is right. let out of the cabinet, is he an older version of the boy found on Prometheus? I mean, look, I don't know how we can't think that time travel is somehow involved here.
1: Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. So something, some weird stuff. So is
0: exactly. he an older version of that young boy? So that that's what I'm thinking at this point. Um, okay, and
1: it could be like the, they shot him, not unlike they shot uh, the, the the stranger early on in dark. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like and they kind of you know in profile and in darkness and stuff like that. So okay, all right. What else? Um well I I mentioned my my, my boys here, uh Oleg and Jerome. Um I just I really like these two characters. And I love how when they got onto the Prometheus, Oleg the first thing he says is, Where is everyone? Which is like as the watchers we are asked the same question. And then Jerome says, What happened here? And I'm like, Yeah, exactly, fellas. You know, like that's exactly what we're wondering. Where is everybody and what happened here? That's like the essential question of this,
0: this first episode,
1: for sure. Right, but
0: the problem um, is, in a rational world, we're presented with an irrational situation.
1: Yes. Right, I mean, this
0: right. is not four months at sea.
1: No. Well, and again, like I said, they're expecting to find something. Right. Right, and certainly not a destroyed telegraph when they were just getting telegraph messages. Literally, like a half hour ago. The um the the saying the Chinese women have: everything is okay in the end. If it's not okay, then it's not the end. I feel like I heard that on like another show very recently, or was I watching a trailer for eighteen ninety nine? I don't know. But uh, but I I love that that saying. I'm not sure what it means, but I, I like it, and it is certainly a uh, a positive message, right? Uh-huh. Like you know, if everything's aren't okay, then it's not the end. It's all right. Things life goes on, and you know. I mean, there's like a lot of stuff here that you know, like right now, we don't know really what's going on at all. Well, except for you know, like we talked about Ms. Wilson, right? And you said like the control she has, and she. Takes a sip of tea. Every when she lifts up her teacup, everyone lifts up their teacup. And then when she puts it down, everyone puts it down like at the exact same time. So I mean, that is weird.
0: Yep. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. No question. I mean, it, 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 she's maybe the most intriguing character. I mean, I like some of the other characters as as we've said, but in terms of intrigue, uh, yeah. you know, nope. Mrs. Her Wilson. dress
1: is fabulous. Oh yeah. Yeah. Love her dress, man. Yeah, I was wondering if this everyone maybe had tickets to see Hamilton, and that's why they're really cheesed about the, you know.
0: Not going to be at a New York in time.
1: <laughs> Not going to get to New York in time, right? What the hell? I paid 300 bucks for these tickets. Yeah, I mean, the Beatles, that's a, that's a weird thing. Uh, the the room that the dude goes into at the end. I, don't, I know this show us a lot of room numbers, and I just failed to really write down what those room numbers were during the show until the very end.
0: Well, I think it's just Mara's one o one one, and then the one that he goes into one o one three. I c- uh, I could okay. be wrong about that, but I-, I think it's just those two.
1: Okay. Oh, the uh, the the that scene there between Anhell and the uh, oh the Danish oh Crester.
0: yeah with the cigarette. Yeah. He Almost uh, thought he was just going to light the cigarette and smoke it in front of the guy.
1: I thought he was going to do that at first as well. Which, uh, from what we little we knew about him, that wouldn't surprise him because he seems like. As you said, kind of an a hole. But uh, it seems like he's uh, into Danish guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, which then also, you know, I mean, he does call the priest dude his brother earlier, but are they really?
0: Yeah. Good good point. Yeah.
1: But yeah, like those guys really don't want to go back. Like those guys are definitely running from some serious stuff
0: there. Yeah.
1: Um, The little girl. She knows, like, why they're turning, right? Like, how the hell does she know, right? She's down below, and, and the, the like, what's going on? She's like, oh, the ship is turning because they found the Prometheus. It's like, wait, like, not even, no one knows that at all, but the little girl knows that.
0: Yeah, you I mean, that? well, it, it's, yeah, I did, but it's, it, I guess it's not clear as to what kind of freedom of movement the third class passengers have, because uh, of course they're all up on deck, I guess later in the episode when, when the, the, you know, the, the boat goes over to inspect Prometheus. So I don't know, maybe she, uh, again, I don't know. You know,
1: I, I, I mean, that's just something to keep in mind. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think she should know that. Okay. Oh, uh, the rumors about Mora? Which we know because again she's traveling alone, so people that's scandalous at the time. Uh, but also she says there's all kinds of rumors about the captain. I think that might be uh, that might be it.
0: I think. Okay. Yeah, I all right. Well, let's get to s- oh, the the, the the pyramid though,
1: right? Did we talk? Yeah, yeah. yeah we mentioned it,
0: like, the pyramid. The little boy yeah. gives her
1: so right, all right, and all the all the triangle shapes and pyramids and everything that I mean that's that's just again the, the little kid. He uh, doesn't say anything. He just gets out of there, uh, unwraps it, and hands the ball as if he knew this was going to happen. Like everything is panning out just as it's supposed to. Which, again, uh, you know, you mentioned time travel. I mean, you know, this kid was not surprised. Uh, he wasn't like, "Oh, thank you for rescuing me" or anything like that. He just stands up, and as uh, Grace Slick is singing, he hands Mara a,
0: a, a big pyramid and everything. So- um, well, yeah. well. remember the triangle from dark as well.
1: Right, right. Um, the Triskelia. Yeah, too,
0: right? right, right. So, you know, not to mention the love triangles, but uh, anyway. So, right.
1: All right. And the love triangles as
0: well. Yeah, there you go. All right, well, let's get to the listener <laughs> feedback. Um, we heard from Ben Mason via the Facebook group, and, and he's talking about the peripheral with, with this uh, comment. This whole season I've been struggling with that, quote, it's already happened statement and getting it to square with the way they interact with the past i think the reason for the comment is because of their quantum entanglement explanation when a new stub is spun off these entangled particles are like a wormhole when time passes in 2100 the same time passes in the 2032 timeline due to the entangled particles that's what keeps them in sync It makes the history of the stub immutable and the future unforeseeable. I'm not sure when is Mickle, I mean Flynn, uh, she went to a time that had a headset. Presumably the new stub won't branch off her current 2032 stub because she told Connor that he'd have legs or something like that. I'm not sure that she says that could be wrong about that but there was a comment about the ri being involved 10 years before anybody knew they were since burton had haptics in texas so did she create a stub from further in the future of the main timeline but she died in the main timeline so i'm having a hard time squatting in that circle is there a chance the future data from alita went away when flynn's body died Uh, how would flynn know how to take it with her Plot-wise, I can't see it happening. They need that data as a plot device. Connor's decision to shoot Flynn confounds me. She says it's a reboot, but not for him. He's still there, mostly limbless, and now Flynn is dead in his world. Sure, a clone of his is alive and fully limbed, but what's that got to do with him? Now, I'm not going to get into, you know, we we talked at length about this last week, and and it got brought up in the Facebook group, and, you know, I went in and— essentially gave my same explanation there um anyway anything you want to add to that
1: uh without going into like how wrong you are with your theory or anything like that no
0: although we did get one call on the eight one eight hundred. Davis dave is right uh tip line or whatever did you yeah just just one though okay all right
1: um uh, but but yeah i mean there's just like a lot of a lot a lot of stuff there that i think we're not going to really know 100% what the heck's going on until season two starts. Right, right. And they better tell us that. Yeah, they better. Be no idea. Yeah. So, All right,
0: well, let's hear what Fred's got for us, and we'll be right back.
2: Hello, Dave and Wayne and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for 1899 Season 1, Episode 1. Wow, this is the follow-up on Dark. Well, uh, it isn't. But Jantje Friesen and Baron Boadar, for them, the makers of this, it's a follow-up. And it's a follow-up because it's so dark. Oh, I have a new cat on my lap. Which sounds quite different than church bells. Oh, now I get licked in my face. Okay, Chester... Go! Our 19 year old cat died some months ago, and we got three new kittens, which are already getting bigger and bigger. And especially the red male gets, well, very intrusive, <laughs> a bit Garfield like. But his name is Chester. So, back to 1899. Well, as I said, really, really dark. When I watch it on my laptop on Netflix, I almost can't see anything. On the TV and on my tablet it's a little bit better. And we had another series, I don't know which one that was, where we had the same problem more or less and Wayne was uh, complaining about it. I think it was out of range. I did watch it with my wife. She found it quite slow paced and of course it is. I really wonder if she will watch on, hope she does. The whole setting is of course intriguing, going to this Prometheus ship and what's happening there, what's creepy there, with a child, which looks quite okay, with bugs, with a guy that gives the impression he swam to the other ship and goes then in there, all kinds of mysteries, so that's, that's good, that's nice. But that all happened more or less in the last 10 or so minutes of the episode. On the other hand, you have to have, of course, a little character build-up. And although it's a quite different series than the movie Titanic, it it still follows some of the people on board. What I think is very realistic and, and nice is that all these different languages that are spoken and giving... A real impression about the problems of not understanding each other on such a ship. For me of course that's not a problem because I have Dutch subtitles so it doesn't matter which language is spoken I will get my subtitles and they are constant in the same language. I don't know how you see it. Okay, when you switch on subtitles, it will be English. But if you don't switch them on, what will happen if there is spoken Chinese or Italian? Or you just get the subtitles flashed on, and then when uh, people speak English, switch off again. I have to say, because all of this, I find it very hard to grade this. I think I only can value this after having seen next episodes. So... For now, it would be mm, B-minus, something like that. So I probably will come back to that uh, in one of the next episodes. So that will be all for now. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. P.S. It's exactly one year ago I got my Patreon reward episode. And I always ask for the next episode of Hemlock Grove. That would be episode 5. But I'm still considering asking for something else. So I will let you know um, if I am going to break with that tradition. Okay, bye.
0: Now, Fred brings up uh, the visually dark atmosphere uh, that that we have again, which makes uh, coming up with photos for the blog post challenging, although I can always use the lightning tool. But, but Fred also brings up the whole thing about the English subtitles. So, uh, again, Fred, I'm, I, I think I know what you're saying, but, but for instance, for me, I'm watching um, in the original English, and I'm making air quotes because, th- th- you know, only certain characters are speaking in English, but I have English subtitles on, which, you know, tells me what everybody is saying. Right. even if they're speaking in English, which is what you were saying earlier, I think.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, the first time I watched it, I did not have subtitles on. And so it just, it still did. When when people weren't speaking English, it gave us the subtitles of what they were saying. Right. Um, when I watched it the second time, I watched it with subtitles on and there was the closed captioning subtitles. So not only did it Say what the characters were saying, but when they spoke a language other than English, it told us what the the language was that they were speaking, okay, which
0: was helpful okay now Fred uh seems to be maybe in your cap, he gives it only a b minus um anything else about Fred's feedback you want to bring up before we, we um, go down down the- well,
1: I would just like to say that your your uh comment about Garfield is a little bit um inaccurate, like Garfield was really. He wasn't intrusive at all. He just wanted to, like, eat lasagna and sleep and kind of, like, be left alone. So, um, but, you know, I, I, I feel you with that. Though, man, that cat sounded like it was uh, like, like one of those, like, like a massager or something like that. Um, so we got cats. We got bells at the end there. It was nice. Yep. Fred, I got some bad news for you, brother. Hemlock Grove is not an option because it is no longer on Netflix at all.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I thought I had read that they were taking it off, and I went back and checked it out, and it is it is true that they have removed uh, Hemlock Grove from Netflix's library altogether. Now, he might still be able to get it in, in Europe. Uh, I don't know if, he's, if that's the case over there, but for us in America, it is no longer available. So you're going to have to pick something else there, brother. Um, I agree that there's some elements of Titanic in there, but what I actually thought there was some Agatha Christie elements to this show. Okay. Like in the beginning, you know, like characters from diverse backgrounds and we don't know how they're connected. Obviously there's a connection with all of these characters ultimately. Um, but right now we don't know what it is. And, uh, you know, maybe Maura is like the, uh, um, ms marple or something who's going to reveal everything that's going on oh and the last thing is that um yeah Outer range is the show that was like super dark and you couldn't see anything that was going on with it and that's one reason i did not enjoy that show um but unusually like usually when shows are very dark it, with my tv it's difficult for me to see but i had no problems at all with 1899 and i didn't have to adjust my settings or anything so it was it was a dark episode for sure, but there was enough lighting that I could actually see what was happening. So.
0: Okay, all right, well, Fred. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for your post in the Facebook group. Uh, Fred gives it a B minus. What do you give it? I'm giving it a solid B. Okay. Um, I you're not gonna. I, I'm just saying. I know. This, I know. I, that that I I reserve the right to
1: change it later when and and like i think i believe i said this with uh with outer range where i didn't like the first episode but i said but i get that they're setting a lot of stuff up
0: yeah but now is it yeah i mean but as we've talked many times it, it, the pilot's got to do more than just set up i mean it, it, and and the fact that it doesn't do everything that you expect a pilot to do i can see being problematic i mean it it, it didn't have that you know reaction in me but look i mean dude i i trust your ability to you know analyze a, an episode of television obviously and the same with fred and and everybody so i guess it's just one of those episodes that i don't know i i i mean i'm gonna give it an a i i, I okay um there's nothing wrong with that Dave. oh i know but i i just think it's interesting that we see it in such a different light
1: I just, you know, I, I I don't know. it's Maybe it's just it's so different from the peripheral that I'm still, my brain ball is kind of still in peripheral mode and it was tough for me to make the transition, I think. I, I actually think that's part of it, honestly. Because like, you know, Friday nights for the last two months, you know, Friday night would be, oh, new peripheral, all right. You know, and then this time Friday night was, Eighteen ninety nine, which I was psyched about, but but it's a lot different. There's no comparison at all, and you know it's apples and oranges. You can't compare the two. I just I just think it was there. There was, and again, then also the other the 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 big comparison, obviously, is Dark, right? And we got super into Dark, and I've watched every episode of Dark. I can't even count how many times I've seen them, and we you know we got so deep into that show that it might have set up expectations that you know like thinking about dark after three seasons and this show after just a single episode well again that's not a fair comparison either right um because we had three seasons of dark that we talked about at length and in a lot of depth and then just this one episode right like for me to impose my my judgment that i had about dark onto this it's probably not fair either so basically it's not that To the show, I might hold its hand and look deep into its eyes and say, 1899, it's not you.
0: It's me. Well, you know, it's, I think, worth considering whether or not our experience with Dark is a good thing when we examine a show like 1899. Because on the one hand, I think I'm— making too many comparisons to things that i saw in dark half expecting certain narrative details to proceed in a similar direction and maybe that's completely unfair to the writers completely unfair to you know how i would analyze you know a show typically so i don't know whether it's a good thing that we have dark in our background or not
1: so um I I I would say probably not. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like
0: Yeah, I don't that's I, a thing. I just think like
1: you know, I, I'm deliberately trying to not think about dark like at all. Um as I you know, as as I watch 1899, I think for the most part I was probably pretty successful so far with that. But it, you're right. It is in the back of your mind. And and certainly it it whereas the first episode of Dark was just I was just watching it absolutely 100% on its own merits, right? I wasn't thinking, well, this show is like this show or anything like that or you know, what what other shows have these showrunners done and everything like that. I wasn't thinking that. I was just sitting down like, all right, let's watch this show. And I'm not like that with 1899. Right? Dark is definitely in the background uh when when I watch the show and that's it's not fair to to this show. And so I I'm, I'm consciously trying to kind of push this aside, but it's it's tough
0: to do. Yeah. So as long as we don't find out that that guy that climbed out of the water is the older version of that young boy and he's 33 years older. Yeah,
1: if that happens, man, I might have to hit the BS button on
0: that. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, all right, let's go ahead and leave it there before we uh, go down the uh, rabbit hole. All right, you saw what I did there, right?
1: Yeah, I got you. Okay.
0: All right. That's going to do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about the peripheral. If you're still considering what happened there, what you think about 1899 and the first episode, check out the Facebook group. If you haven't already, Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us. We'll be back next week to talk about episode two of the Netflix series, 1899. But until then.
1: Yeah, Dave, I know you're underplaying the amount of calls that came into one 800 waynes but don't worry. And and in the words of, of some of the people who have called the, the waynes Wright hotline, it's just they had said, tell that one to cheer up a little.